As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. This is Action and Ambition, the show that takes you all over the world to share interviews with the most successful and relevant people on the planet. Hear their backstory, get the most important lessons they've learned on their road to success, and hear exclusive tips on how to implement their success in your own life. Action and Ambition is brought to you by Entrepreneur Magazine and your host, Andrew Metal. Jody, thanks so much for joining me today. So excited to have you on. I think what we were just talking about before we started recording, there's a lot going on in the world right now. And uh, when we record in this moment, there's the, the, the whole Reddit thing with GameStop and just a lot happening. And what I love is you're, you're able to provide some alternative asset insight in investment strategies and tactics. And so I'm excited to kind of jump into that. Uh, before we get started, though, for people that don't know you, give me just a quick little intro, you know, who you are and what you're about, and then uh, let's let's get it going. That sounds good. I'm, I'm really grateful to be on your show. I've been, I've been listening to your show, and you have just such amazing guests, so I'm really honored to be, you know, sitting here and having this conversation with you, Andrew. You do really good work. Um, yeah, my name is Jody, and I, I'm from Vancouver, Canada, and up here in the, in the Northwest, and uh, I basically was working for, um, you know, software engineering companies uh, for 20 years. That's pretty much my career. And, uh, but meanwhile, you know, I had side hustles going on in real estate and I had a bit of a plan to be able to leave and, and find that financial, uh, independence. And, um, it was really sort of blending some alternative strategies that helped that. Um, so I'm really a private, uh, a private lender. I'm a real estate investor and, you know, I'm a lifetime learner. I'm always, you know, learning. And I wrote a book called Beyond the Banks, which is about, uh, you know, private money lending and, and finding those successful strategies to be safe and profitable, uh, in the real estate market. And I've built a course called Beyond the Banks Academy. And um, I've got some other, other streams and other products that, that are in development, but that's really my, my core right now. Awesome. I love it. Yeah. I think um, alternative, you know, alternative asset classes and then alternative, alternative financial means right now is so big. You have the Jobs Act that obviously was passed a few years ago, but and I, I thought that they were going to increase the limits, but I saw that that might not actually happen uh, for, for um, you know, crowdfunding campaigns. I don't know if you know or not in the States, but um, 
but you know that's one one way where startups can go about non-traditional uh you know venture financing where they can bring in either their customers or non-accredited events investors to invest in their business uh, which i think is amazing you have you know all these different asset classes you can look at now from you know all the blockchain and DeFi stuff the bitcoin um, which creates a ton of opportunity for people um, you have, you know, even collectibles, which like sports cards, which I'm really big into fine art, wine, all these, all these different asset classes now that were typically reserved for like the ultra rich and, and the elite that have been democratized because of the internet and allowing everyday investors to, to make money through these different classes. And I think it's really cool. And I, I love this movement. Um, we're seeing a lot of craziness happening with, with, Reddit games, you know, GameStop stuff right now, um, exposing a lot of how the system is rigged for the elite. Um, so the fact that you're here talking about, you know, alternative financing means and, and creating different ways of, of getting funding and doing things differently, I think is the timing's perfect. Um, where, where would you start this conversation? Do you want to start with real estate and kind of talk about um, you know, some of the stuff that you, you've been able to do successfully there? Or where, where do you think a good starting point is? I, well, you know, what's, what's, you know, I'd really like to kind of talk a little bit about that sort of conventional mindset for, which is really what we, we've, you know, that's been in our, in our culture and our society for so long. And, 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 and to really speak on your point of, of how, because of the internet, because of the democratization of all of this kind of stuff that, that we don't have to think and, 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 and do that conventional way of, you know, growing up, going to school, going to college, having a college loan, um, you know, getting into a job, getting into a mortgage for 25, 30 years, um, working towards paying that down, just having a single income. And then, you know, and then, you know, you know, contributing to our, you know, our IRAs, um, and then, you know, keeping our fingers crossed, right? That, that by the time that we're, you know, 65 or whatever our age is, that, that our nest egg is going to be there with these IRAs and that our house is going to be paid off. And, uh, it, you know, really you're kind of setting yourself up that if, if any one of those things sort of gets disrupted or slips away, like stock market crash, your IRAs are gone, housing crash, your house is gone, you lose your job, you know, you're, you're, you're kind of screwed, right? And so now we're so fortunate to be able to have, uh, you know, the internet and so much education at our fingertips and so many examples um, of, of different models. I mean, there's, you know, just speaking very specifically into real estate, which is, which is really where I play mostly. There's a million ways to make a million dollars in real estate. There's so many strategies, right? It's endless. And there's millionaires being made all the time because of real estate. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's really finding that, that one strategy, getting your numbers down, figuring out what your financial realities, knowing where you can start and start from there. You know, don't, you know, a lot of times we were, we're comparing ourselves. Well, you started with this amount and that's why you're successful. No, you just get your numbers down, figure out where you're at and you might surprise yourself. You may be sitting on a, a nest egg that you don't even realize that with some restructuring, you can start, you know, you, you know, getting access to that money. 
And it's funny you bring up GameSpot because I had a one-on-one -on -one with one of my members yesterday and I was telling you he you know he's a he's a day trader he's been kind of pushing off our one-on-one -on -one because he's been learning about day trading and he was in GameSpot and he said oh if I'm looking over to the right it's because I'm watching real time what's happening with that because he's he's sort of you know he described it as scalping he's in he's out he's in he's out on these things so he he was sitting in on a unicorn and um and it was really interesting to learn from his financial reality that he's also sitting on $500,000 locked up in equity. Plus, he's not done anything with his tax-free account, which is like your Roth, right? And so I was able to get him thinking about how he can restructure that, free up that money, and actually now be putting um, through a very unique strategy, uh, you know, putting in, you know, 25 plus annualized percent into his his tax-free account so there's there's lots of things we can do and sometimes we get so f we want to focus and learn what we need to learn and get educated um, but you know just be open to the fact that you may be sitting on money that you may think oh, I don't have any money but you may be sitting on some serious equity or, or have things tied up that are underperforming that with a little bit of restructuring and um, you know you, you can really free up some capital to play with so like, where would you unlock capital? Are you talking about like home equity loans or lines potentially or things of that nature? Or can you kind of walk me through some of the, the options people might have? Yeah, definitely. Like home equity is definitely one of the ones I def I, I narrow right in on, you know, how much is, how much is your home approximate value of your home right now based on the knowledge that you have? You don't necessarily need to go out and get an appraisal, but you can look at your city assessments. You can call a realtor. You can get an approximation. And what is the mortgage owing? And really, like, you know, you may be sitting on, and that that was really what happened to me is that I realized that I was sitting on um, several hundred thousand dollars of equity that if I just restructured got a fresh appraisal, got access to that good debt, because this is good debt. This isn't about getting home equity line of credit and then going and buying a car, paying down credit cards and things like this. This is really about using that money for investment purposes. So then you become the bank. And if you really take a look at it, like um, banks are some of the wealthiest companies in the world. Like I know in Canada, if you look at who are the wealthiest companies in Canada, the first four positions are banks. And there's a reason for it. You know, sure, they, 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 they get the fees, they do, they have all that stuff with the fees. But really what they do is that we, we put our money into a savings account. They pay us next to nothing because prime is low, but I'm not going to complain about that because that creates a cheap money situation for us right now to be loaning out. But they pay us next to nothing. Then they, they, they loan that money back out to us in the form of mortgages and credit cards and student loans and car loans and and they capitalize they, they capture the spread right they profit on the spread between what they're paying you in your savings account and what you're paying on you know any of those um any of those you know you know liabilities and and really what we're doing or what what you know the way my brain works if i say you know, the bank, you know, this is a bank strategy and, and they're really wealthy and we can do that and we can free up money and then finding the right partners. Obviously, you want to find the right real estate invest, you know, active investors 
who are paying those double digit returns, putting you on the deed. Um, so you're on the title of the property and that's, you know, some, you know, that's your collateral. And the nice thing about it is you have the same rights as the bank. So if you have a mortgage with the bank and you stop paying your mortgage, what happens? You know, they, they start the foreclosure process. So you have the same right when you're loaning the money to somebody and they're on title. And, you know, some people are like, well, why, why would anybody pay 12%? Uh, annualized rate of return that's crazy why wouldn't they just go to a bank they it must be a scam if they you know if they can't get a conventional mortgage what the the, the people that are that are doing this type of real estate who are using uh cash as as you know buying houses for cash they're not they're not going into a 30-year mortgage they're buying a house below fair market value. They're fixing it up. They're flipping it. They're renovating it. And then they're selling it at a profit. And they need money for a very short period of time from people like us. And we lend it to them. We make double-digit returns. It's very, very easy money. And then, of course, a lot of people graduate from, you know, being private money lenders into actually, you know, freeing themselves up. And then they start to do those kind of projects. And then you know, they know now know how to raise capital because they've gone through the experience of being a private money lender. Nice. So you did that with your own uh, home line of credit. You yeah. picked up that line of credit and then you made investments into real estate. That's how you kind of got going in the real estate direction. Exactly. So I, I actually kind of played around with buying holds for a number of years. I had properties in, you know, Toronto and Vancouver and, and, and Calgary. I also have um, some property down in Phoenix. So I was kind of buying hold, uh, a, a buying hold, uh, an investor sort of, you know, decade long holds uh, with tenants and, and all of that kind of stuff. And my goal was always like, okay, if I could, you know, you know, pay these down and earn $10,000 a month, then that's $120,000 a year. And for me, you know, that's financial independence because then I can create space and do other things. But the, you know, you, you got mortgages on all this stuff all the time. And so you're just yeah. like cash flowing. The, the rent to, to value ratio is not always there. So you, you want to find a, an undervalued property that has a, an area that has a high rent ratio so that the mortgage is low, but you still make enough profit, which is really hard to find, I've found, uh, right? Well, what I did eventually, like as I had some of these properties, like longer term too, is is that I, I, I you know, I, I restructured and then I was able to free up the 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 remain the the difference in equity because you know they had the market had grown right and I'd paid down some stuff so there was some equity I restructured and then I freed up that capital and it was really blending private money lending with that long term buy and hold for me personally where I was at with my financial reality and that was where I was able to just like plow down on the mortgages on the original debt freeing up. And then, you know, again, restructuring and then having more money to play with. And then, and then the other area that I looked was, you know, I was mucking around in the stock market with, you know, a financial advisor who had me in mutual fund stuff that was, you know, not great. And it just, you know, I was playing around in that for 12, 12, 15 years. And I'm like, what am I doing? That the money, I'm giving the money, it's never going anywhere. I'm paying a lot of fees. I'm not really understanding mutual funds completely. Um, I mean, I understand the concept of it, but, it, you know, you start to kind of look at 
why they choose this or choose that. It, I, I just can't even get my head around it. And it just seemed way complicated. And it seemed like, you know, I was just, I was putting my, I was, I was basically telling myself that I wasn't smart enough to do this on my own. So I was relying on somebody with some letters behind their name who were really just, you know, they're, you know, they've got a quota, you know, they're getting told these are the products that you can, you can provide. And I mean, not all financial advisors are created equal. I don't want to slam all of them. And there's definitely, you know, some that are, you know, definitely, you know, really, you know, like they're in the game spot or they're in the, you know, whatever the tech stocks are, Shopify or whatever. Um, but generally speaking, a lot of them just kind of, you know, you're in mutual funds and, and ETFs and I don't know, I just don't see, I, I, listen, I mean, I have had a zillion consults. I talk to my members one-on-one, -on -one. everybody comes through my course. I have one-on-ones with them. and. I would say aside from two or three people who I know that I've been have all been frustrated, disappointed, confused by their financial uh, advisor. And the only people that when I say those two or three are people who are trading where they've taken a trading course or a Bitcoin course and they are doing their own thing like the, you know, this guy that, with the GameSpot and they're successful. They got into Shopify, they got into you know, Facebook, they got into Tesla. Th that's it. Like, I, otherwise, across the board, it seems to me what I see, and I've seen a lot, is that, you know, people are confused, disappointed, and really realizing that they're very fee heavy and they're not doing very well. And it's a yeah. scary thing, especially with the stuff going on, you know, in the US with, you know, the who knows what's going to happen with the stock market, and you're sitting in some long term. Yeah mutual fund Ooh. yeah yeah and i think by design our financial markets here in the state so like a whole you know a financial advisor there it's a for-profit business obviously and the way that their business model is made up is some are fee-based so they're making fees every time they're trading so they're going to obviously want to trade more um, or the way their industry works is they actually have wholesalers that come in from other uh, firms to tell them these are the products that they buy and then that that relationship develops and so they're basically hawking their products and they're passing them on to retail investors in main street where there's not necessarily a lot of value it's just because this is a for-profit model and that's how they get paid and so the their their their, their customers their clients aren't necessarily in their best interest because their for-profit model wouldn't make it to be so um so i agree 100 percent were you ever concerned when you took that home line of credit out that the real estate you were investing in could, uh, you know, be a bad investment? And if so, how would you kind of plan or prepare for that? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I've been pretty lucky in in the sense that the the, the people that I have worked with, um, I was part of a a real estate investor network called Fortune Builders, or I, I am part of that. And really, that's where I've sourced a lot of people that um, you know that that I that I work with. And the nice thing about that is that those are people that have gone out and got educated. Right. They're not just some like guy in his basement trying to like do his own drywalling. Right. Which, you know, kudos 
to him for doing that, but I don't want to lend my money to that situation. I want to, I want to lend my money to, you know, somebody who's professional, who's systemized, who knows what they're doing and has, you know, a good coach, good mentor, has had the education, has good people around them. And, um, and I want to make sure that it's papered up properly and that I understand the numbers just as well as they do. So, you know, I expect, you know, the, the actual deal analysis, I want to be able to do the deal analysis as well. I don't want to, you know, just have something fly by night and really like, you know, I, 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 I really, you know, I have, I have three main money rules. I have a, I have more than three money rules, but I have three main ones. And my first one is understand what you're invested in. If you don't understand what you're invested in, don't invest in it. Take the time to understand it. Um, you know, it's like a lot of people are like, oh, I'm jumping into Wealth Simple and getting into stocks. It's like, well, that's great, but do you understand, you know, what you're what you're doing? How to how you know why you're in that stock? You know how to analyze it, and you know, and number two is what's the exit strategy? So many people, they get into things, they have no exit strategy. They don't understand the exit strategy from the uh, active investor. You know, maybe the active investor doesn't really have a solid, you know, exit strategy. And if that exit strategy isn't, what's plan B? You know, I'm a plan B girl, like plan B, what if that doesn't, you know? So you want to really understand, you know, what you're investing in, what the exit strategy is, and can I sleep at night? you know, can I sleep at night? I need to be able to sleep at night. And if I don't understand what I'm invested in and I don't understand what the exit strategy is, I'm not going to sleep at night. And I don't want, I went through that 08 garbage, that market crash. I was so stressed out and I was much younger than I am now when that happened. So I had more working years to make up for that hit. Uh, you know, I'm turning 50, you know, in a couple months, like I don't have that time and I've left my career. So I don't have that time to muck around. So um, I really try to do my due diligence on what I'm getting involved with. And, and that's really like a big chunk of what I teach as well in my academy. It's like, you know, really understanding what you're getting involved in. Yeah, I love those three rules. And for those that can't see you, you don't look a day past 30. So kudos oh. to you. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I think, uh, I think, yeah, that some of the stuff you're talking about is fundamental, but I think there's also a big part of it. Like you said, it's mindset. There has to be a specific mindset. You have to kind of be open to understanding that there's a different unconventional way to make money go about and, and, and invest, which I think is really important to wrap your brain around that. And then have a plan, have a framework that you can work from whether it's investing in real estate, the market, whatever it is that you're investing into. Um, and I think those, those three rules that you just laid out are, are great rules at least to follow initially. Um, talk to me about the book. The book is available now, right? Yep. The book is out. It's been out for a year and a half or so. It, 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 um, it's, it's, it's basically teaches you, you know, the concepts of private money lending, how to really even even how to take a look at your own um, principal home to see how the equity is, or if you have rental properties, um, you know, I talk about, I have a rental property that I was able to pay off and it's a condo. And, you know, I was making $32,000 in rental income, which is great, but that's not going to retire me. Um, it was really, you know, blame. annual. Yes. Annually. Yes. And then it was really like blending in the, you know, freeing up that money 
then all of a sudden, you know, my place was appraised at 650. I was able to loan out at 15% annuals, annualized returns. That $32,000 property now became a $110,000 revenue property, you know, that, you know, gross revenue that, you know, I, I wasn't able, it was a condo. So I wasn't able to add another suite or, you know, there's, there wasn't really much I could do. So blending those two uh, strategies really like you know blew up what that that unit is now worth to me um which is which is a game changer so i talk about a little bit about that so just so i'm clear you bought the condo you paid it off yes paid it off it was cash flow positive thirty-two thousand a year was generating then you reappraised it so obviously there was some value there was an equity in the property you yeah. took that, you still rented it, got the 32000 and then you took the equity that uh, accrued, and you were able to take that equity line, lend it out, get the 12 to 15% or whatever you're getting for, your, uh, your, for lending the money out, and that's how you were able to start generating the 120000 or whatever that came out to be, right? You got it, yeah. And then, and then the nice thing, too, is because you're loaning that money out in an investment, that interest that you're paying on that that home equity line of credit is a is a tax deductible expense so you can actually write it off again so if you're making say 15 percent annualized and you're paying you know we're uh, you know a prime right now in canada's 2.45 you know plus so you're paying about 2.95 percent on that so about three percent on that money so 12 percent is what you're netting so here i am that is like exactly exactly what the bank does that's exactly what the bank does okay. and i'm you know able to to to, to profit on that I love that formula. Are you concerned now that you're long all this real estate if the market dips or things go bad in the real estate market, you're caught naked, right? Well, that's where you really want to be working with very good active investor partners who are, you know, who, who understand and are, are creating a buffer, right? So say, for example, I do do some investing into some multifamily, you know, they're working with 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 something like a 25% to 30% buffer. So the market would have to come down 25 to 30%, you know. So really you want to understand what, you know, how are they mitigating the risk in terms of what they're buying, what asset they're buying, and how quickly are they boots on the ground? So are they systemized so that the day that they get their keys, they've got their crew going in? you know, they've got, they're not sitting there going, oh, should we do granite or should we, you know, knock out this one? They already know exactly what they're doing. They go in there, they've got their paint. Everything's already picked out because they've gone and they've done their stuff ahead of time, right? You know, and, and yeah. they're organized. And so that, that's really, you want to be working with people, people who go and get the training that go to, you know, and there's a, there's a, there's different organizations out there, but you know, I'm referencing fortune builders cause that's sort of, you know, one of my experiences, they really teach you that they're like, you know, they have everything just, they have, they have spreadsheets and they know all the prices for, you know, this is what a kitchen costs at home Depot. This is what a kitchen, you know, this is, this is what the paint, a bucket of paint costs in this state. And they just put it together. So they know their numbers uh, really well. And, and that. that's, you know, it's, it makes a big difference when you're, when you're working with people that, that, that know what they're doing and you can, you can, you can tell, you know, you can, you can see it in terms of, 
what? The, the investments you're currently doing and in, you're investing into this group, they're only in Canada or are they in the States as well? I do both. Yeah, both. So I invest both in Canada and the U.S. I'm diversified, very much diversified in, in real estate. And um, I'm busy actually selling my three houses in Phoenix right now. I'm like, ah, just do... Uh, you know what? I started not sleeping. I, I've owned those houses for 10 years and I started not sleeping um, because of all of the stuff going on in the States. And I'm like, I'm out. So I just want to, you know, kind of, you know, it's, they, I've owned them for 10 years. They've, they've done well. They're in a really good profitable situation. So I'm like, it's time to, time to jump out of that. <laughs> <laughs> you ever let people co-invest with you or you kind of just focus on your own portfolio? Or do people jump in and invest with you? Um, I don't really do any sort of co-investing outside of, you know, maybe with my husband or something. Um, but, um, you know, I, I basically, the, the, the people who, all the people that I work with and who I've been working with for the last five, six years are available to people that are, you know, in my program. So they, you know, really my program goes through all these various models uh, for passive investing and private money lending. And you can, you, depending on what your goals are. So some people come in and they're like, I just want to wealth build. Or, you know what, I need to have monthly cash flow because my focus is I want to leave my job so I can, you know, do what you did and write a book and start a business or I want to go into drop, you know, they have something that they want to do. Um, and, or, or maybe they want to do debt reduction or a combination of, and so there's different models that they can, once we sort of figure out what their financial reality is, what money that they can possibly restructure and free up, then we can start, working with their goals and finding the right alignment with the right active investors who are all very systemized, who I, again, I've been working with for a number of years. And, um, you know, you, you know, they also learn due diligence and really how to interpret the numbers. So doing that deal analysis and that risk mitigation alongside the active investor, um, you know, that's, and then they just basically get their money ready and then they go shopping. They're like, uh, I, I like this. I like that. You know, let's, and we get them talking and I don't broker anything. I just educate and connect. And, but really the idea too is that, Hey, if you are going outside of beyond the banks community of people that are involved, you're going to be able to identify these models. You're going to know how to analyze them. And if you're going to some other real estate meeting or you meet somebody who's doing one of these models, you know how to analyze and interpret the opportunity and, and be educated and make, make, making those sound decisions. I love it. Yeah. I think everything sounds really good. I'm, I'm glad we connected today. Um, where can people find your course, your group, your book? Where can everyone find you online? Yeah, thanks. It's um, you can go to beyondthebanks.com. That's going to send you to my my master class. So I have a free master class that you can you can watch. And if it's something that's resonating with you, there's an application process and you know and a and a calendar for booking a call. And there's lots of testimonials and all that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, you can also find me just, you know, beyond the banks, JV on Facebook, same with Instagram beyond the banks, uh, JV and, and, uh, and my email is Jody at Jody J O D I 
And then my last name, V-E-T-T-E-R-L.com. So Jody at JodyBatchel.com. Awesome. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for coming on today. The last question I have for you is just around uh, legacy. What's the legacy that you want to leave behind, whether that's on business or personal side? Oh, I definitely, you know, I definitely want to leave a legacy of, you know, you know, being able to help other people, um, you know, taking control of their finances. I mean, that's, it, it is, it is so enlightening and I'm so grateful for the opportunity to sit in front of people and be able to do this with them and see the popcorn going off in their head and watching them transform from a, a very, you know, a person who, like what I was, you know, very dependent and not believing in myself and, you know, going to, to really being in control of what I'm doing and the decisions and understanding what I'm doing. That is so huge. And, I definitely, I mean, I have so many things that, that I want to do out there and I obviously have a son who I want to, you know, leave a legacy to, but really like on my day to day, I get very excited and passionate about, about those calls. It's, it's a lot of fun for me. I, I just, I, I, it never gets boring for me. I love it. I think that's awesome. It's always fun too, to be able to live into your purpose, like doing something that you enjoy that you feel like is your life's mission because then work isn't work. It's fun. You enjoy it. You love what you're doing. It just feels like it's a hobby or something that you can do. And it just so happens it makes you money too, which is always an amazing thing to be able to take care of whatever, you know, living expenses and bills you had and then invest in the future. That's, that's super cool. And I think that is like the definition of success. So, uh, Thank you so much. I really appreciate you coming on. I think you, you shared a, a ton of wisdom and I hope my listeners will go start exploring what you're, what you're, you're doing within your group and check out your book. And um, I'm going to go do a little bit of research now too. <laughs> I'll make sure I send you a book. Thanks so much for having me. I'm, I'm really grateful. You have uh, quite the audience and I'm, I'm really excited. Um, I'm just very excited to be a part of this. Thank you very much. Thank you, Jody. Thanks for listening to Action and Ambition with your host, Andrew Metal. Please leave a review and subscribe and go to andrewmetal.com for all the exclusive lessons, behind-the-scenes footage, and video content of the show. Follow us on Facebook and YouTube at Action and Ambition, and we'll see you on the next episode. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.